From the Finley Toyota Studio, it's Cofield and Company. Monday, Cofield and Company. Big week on the way tomorrow. Battleborne Injury Lawyers in the BBBBBC, their broadcast center. And then Wednesday, we'll be on the road at Ellis Island. We're back for another stop on the Steve Sears Summer Tour. If you've never heard of this thing, we've done it for about 10 years. We hit a bunch of locations around town, often at the pool somewhere. But our first show will be inside, spectacular setting at the front yard at Ellis Island, which uh, we'll get into it on Wednesday. Come November, is going to be a crazy spot right there along the route of F1. But the Steve Sears Summer Tour set to resume for 2024, Ellis Island Casino Hotel and Brewery. Brittany Palmer, former UFC girl, is going to uh, be with us. She's now a high-level artist, and we'll have some other special guests. Come on down. Steve Sears said, hey, buy an entree, watch the show, I'll get you a beer. And they've got their brewery there. I love their brewery. And love their barbecue joint. And love the Village Pub and their $9.99 steak all day, any day. How about that? That's a good special that goes back years and years and years. All right. So just to close out the 4 o'clock hour couple of things. Ari is the first person on the show, and this is a very perilous show to present sports movies to. Uh, Adam Hill is the worst. Any sort of factual oddity ruins the movie for him, so he'll try to ruin it for us. So predict that. That's coming up later in the week. White Man Can't Jump. Or White Man Can't Jump. White Man Can't Jump. Jack Harlow in a remake. Ari gave us a couple details during the break. Said it's not a complete remake. He graded it a B. So we'll leave it at that. I thought of Jack Harlow and that stupid shot put shot that Ari said is a great jumper. Mm-hmm. And I used it as motivation yesterday. I went on the road yesterday to another pool. Oh, boy. Um, a friend's pool, and he had the basket set up. So it got a little ugly. I apologize. Sorry, everybody who was there. It was just total destruction. They did, did, a, they did around the world, like, three-point shooting. You're not going to beat me. It's not going to happen. Let's get in. <laughs> what? Are you, what? Let's go. I was on the road. I, they, they, he has the pop-up cleaners in the pool. He's yeah. got them going during the event. At one point, I stubbed my toe. I fought through it. The toe's okay. The release was there. It wasn't a Jack Harlow stupid shot put. Is that why you're wearing the Lakers hat? You're feeling. Well, I'm your, wearing the Lakers hat. Your Kobe? This, this is uh, no, no, no. This is. This is for the SO. I'm just trying to give some good vibes for a basketball team. It's looking pretty bleak with the game coming up this hour. It is. It's not looking good at all. It isn't. I will make mention real quick about a local who's seemingly on fire. He's having a fantastic year for the Phillies, but I guess Bryson Stott just went yard. Phillies started early. Good. Third home run in five games. Good. I need yeah. this. Yeah. I made a big investment in Bryson on a fantasy team. Oh boy. Come on, bro. Okay. I need – He's, he's doing you right this season, I can tell you Well, that. he slowed down a little bit. Now he's picked it up. Average has been good all year. I need 20 and 80. Is that too much? 20 homers, 80, 80 RBI. No, I don't think so at all. I think he's going to have a big year. Where's he at right now? I think he may. I, I'm going to tell you right now. If he hit, if you're telling me he he, he kind of leveled off and he hit a little bit of a lull, he's going to come back. I would not be surprised if Bryson's, Bryson's out challenges for the all-star position for the, the Phillies representation. Was that right? Well, he—I mean, he's—he's well, been, been fantastic. That team has had a weird season, man. Yeah. They well, they either go on a ton of runs, they're either on a winning run or they're tanking. I mean, it's—it's it's either they're either winning five, six in a row, yeah. or they're losing seven and, in a row. And that city has no patience for anything. Yeah. I w- I tuned into a Philly radio show about ten days ago, and they're like Trey Turner, and eh, not really impressed. 
Like, it's 30 games. <laughs> at, the, at that point, it was 30 games in. <laughs> Chillax. Chillax. <sighs> we need 30, 30, and 100 RBI from Trey Turner. He did get a big deal. He did get a big deal. So, the, the expectations are there. But, yes, Bryson is actually outperforming Trey Turner and pretty much across the board offensively. So, he did have a home run today. That's number five. He's got 19 ribs. 20 and 80? Got to pick it up. Come on. It's coming. Relax. 18 and 51? Eh, come on. He's better than that. I know he is. Is today some sort of anniversary? Big day. No, tomorrow. For you? I won't be here. So I, so I, I put this in the Why room. didn't you tell us? We'll put you on the show. I, nah, it's okay. It's not for me. It's for you. See, back in the day, Uh-oh. twice a year. Twice. Twi- story again. Back in the day, twice a year, there was a very special TV show. Once in May, once in either November or December. Usually it was in the first week in May. But one time, on May 23rd, 1985, Battle of the Network Stars, oh. 18. The 18th episode. Battle of the Network Stars, 18, was on May 23rd. The captains that particular episode were Tony Danza, Lorenzo Lamas, and Bubba Smith. Really? Yes. That seems like a ringer a bit in Bubba Smith. I mean, come on. I, I, I saw this, and I, I, I was so excited that there was – that the, like, I wanted to see – because I was – you know what it was? I was looking up something for the topics to send over a couple of weeks ago, and I was like – it was like there was nothing – when we look up the what day is it, what national day, there was nothing that day. So I was like, I want to see, and I want to send it to Ari uh, if I could find something. And then I started looking for pictures to put at the bottom of the – when he does the – sends out the tweet for the ESPN – and if it, if it ever were to fall on that day, he could have used that picture. But I couldn't even find historic pictures of that episode. But I said, I'm going to put it in the Google Calendar. It just popped up as a reminder that it's tomorrow. I won't be on the show, but I wanted to bring it up for you because I know how much you miss that show. I'm on the Battle of the Network Wikipedia page right now. Who was on the – you named the three captains who was on the show. I mean, the most important element of the show was the women. I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking. Especially when you're a teen. Well, and I was there was a, a big, the there was a big family. So CBS had Doug McKeon, whereas NBC had Nancy McKeon. Nancy, of course, was on Family of uh, uh, Facts of Life. Uh, Lisa Bonet was on the NBC team from the Cosby Show. Jenna Lee Harrison uh, was on the CBS team. Really? Uh, Emma Sams was on the ABC team. Ted McGinley. Remember Ted McGinley? He played. Uh, he was on Happy played, Days. He played everything. And the and the and the story with Ted McGinley is as soon as he got on the show, the show sucked. Yes. and went downhill. That well, that's when the, he jumped. Remember Fonzie jumped the shark. Yep. So that was, he uh, he was on Love Boat. It was never the same. He was on Happy Days. Never the same. So he's basically was pretty he was solid. Kind of like, he was kind of like a cooler. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you bring him in late. You're like, oh, we're bringing the good looking guy. <laughs> but not nice career. So what? So what if every show tanked when he went on it? NBC's, I think the sleeper in this, I'm just looking at this. Erin Gray was on. She was on Dallas, right? Uh, but the sleeper might have been Philip Michael Thomas. That was the sleeper. Miami Vice. Okay. You know what's great about looking back at this? Nowhere. If you look back on the Wikipedia, all these teams, you know what's missing? Because there was no such thing. There was no Fox. We had Channel 5 out here. It was KVVU, still the same call letters, but it was just a local station. Still wasn't Fox. Ask that question again. You know what's great about this? 
You know what's great about this? Uh, nothing for 95% of our audience. That's, well, and I'm not ripping you, but I, it just it, it hits me when we start doing this about the 80s and the 70s. Yeah. Because when we took over the slot and Koken was on the show, Dave would reminisce about the 50s and 60s, and I'm like, oh, my God, Dave, stop. Now I, we're doing that. Now I, we do it. I will. Now we do it. Now we do it. How about a better question that we had during the break? Hey, everybody, did you watch EDC? Did you go to EDC? Well, I didn't go. Did I watch some of it? I actually did last night. On what? Uh, I don't know. I looked up on YouTube. I was like, EDC 2023. And I got I, would, I got the Tiesto I would part never of the show, Google. which was, it was tremendous. No, I'm not. The visuals of this event. I'm out. Now, would I go to the Speedway? I'm not interested in watching anybody DJ or perform. You're a or- former DJ. So is Ari. So what? These are icons. I don't want Tiesto. And I'm good. I'm, and I'm he so- picked up the mic three times. Let's go, Vegas. Oh. Like, that's worth $27 million. Right? Yeah, he's an MC. Yeah, that's great. He was good. He, it was really good. I, last night, you know what I was reminiscing about, speaking of DJing? I was reminiscing with some pe- some younger folks about DJing at State Street. Because you know what I did last night? Yeah. Afterwards, late, I was, the, watching the the I was watching The Godfather. I was watching. It's not back to the 80s. I was watching The Godfather. That was actually an upset because I thought you were going to say back to DJing at Pinkies. Like, I had a great set of Pinkies. That was so much better than what I Tiesto ne- had ne- on Saturday I ne- night. I never DJed at Pinkies. You didn't? No. You just hung out there? Yes. And got whacked? It's a good time. That was a good place. God, I missed that. But it's a new era, Willie. There's a definition. You got to go party with 85,000 people. Oh, you, it's their version of being whacked. No like you shot. used to be in 85, whatever, whatever year it was. 90. You're not that. You, you should have been getting whacked at Pinky, 85. Pinkies was 97. It was 97. Oh, 97 oops, I went too far back. Yeah. Okay. Getting whacked in, the, in those terms means only one thing. Yeah. I don't know if the audience that's, knows yeah, what yeah, that is. Yeah, that's a different kind of whacked in yeah, Vegas, yeah, yes. Yeah. I think we all live on. Some sort of ground 70s, where 80s, someone who got whacked with seventies and eighties whacked was with an H, and then in the eighties, nineties getting whacked involved a okay. battery substance. So I read a tweet on Friday night. I knew this was coming. Uh, Adam Hill was told last night that people were having a hard time selling tickets for the VGK game on Friday night. I didn't truly believe them, but there are a lot of empty seats inside T-Mobile Arena at Puck Drop. There he is, rearing. His ugly head. The number one hater of hockey fans in the Vegas market, one Adam Hill. Hmm. Now, is there is there a little depth that needs to be thrown into this discussion? Of course. Of course. What were we just discussing, Willie? EDC. What happens to traffic in this town? It is horrendous. Now, other hockey markets... Would scoff at any excuse. Like it's the Western Conference Finals. Go to the game! And I don't blame them for thinking that way. We are a different brand of hockey fan in this market, but I'm not going to rip people who couldn't get there on time. I will say that, you know, I'm a partial season ticket holder for the Golden Knights. I have, I think, 11 regular season games, and then we do a snake draft for the playoffs. I put my season tickets uh, up. For yesterday's game, I put an announcement on Facebook. And I know, by the way, I don't mark them up. I don't do it for profit. I get I sell them for face value. I sold them within seven to ten minutes. I didn't have trouble selling my tickets. 
Now, maybe that's because they didn't mark them up, but nevertheless, it definitely was because of traffic. That doesn't mean that Adam's wrong that he he he. No, that there were empty seats at the beginning of the game. No, or that he's five, hearing was, that people are having a hard time because if you're marking them up to ridiculous prices, well, it wasn't that wasn't the case though. It's actually there's some sort of Facebook group where someone screenshotted it for me, and there were tickets up there that were you know very reasonable. Yeah, but you know here's the thing: one, I think people see that and they're like, "Why are you selling your tickets?" Well, there's a lot of people who can't actually afford the giant price bump when it gets to the playoffs, That's so right. they got to sell one of the games to pay they for were. the rest of the playoffs. And uh, yeah, there were tickets that I thought were pretty reasonable. You know, one twenty-five upstairs, high one hundreds, two hundreds, sometimes downstairs. Doesn't mean they're bad fans. Doesn't mean they're bad fans. My uh, mine was a uh, my my jump was a hundred and thirty-one percent jump, hundred and thirty-one percent from the original season ticket price for the regular season to the ticket price that I paid yesterday, hundred thirty-one percent increase. So. But that's also why, you know, there's a lot of people that I don't know how much people are going to mark them up outside of like unless you're actually doing it for profit and you're throwing them on the secondary market. I've seen and heard from other people that they do this relatively the same thing or they do mark them up, but not a lot. I just that's not why this really wasn't about a markup. It was that the ticket prices jumped a lot in the playoffs and that people can't even get face value for their tickets that they had to buy. Right. I don't know why that is, but nevertheless, Maybe maybe people don't want to, like you said, deal with the traffic, deal with the parking, you know, one way in, one way out, and only one lane down Frank Sinatra Drive. I mean, it, it is it is a little bit of a chore at Puck Drive. Now, granted, us media members, we're going in there three hours before. Right. Right. But I'm going to tell you what's good. And your entry's free, and your parking's free, which, of course, you know, many people, many of your people in the media I will say I'm a man this. of the people. Hey, many many let, of your people don't don't factor that in that it is quite the haul and quite the hassle sometimes to go to games. I will remind people of this since we are mm-hmm. have our sister station Golden Knights and this is a Las Vegas Aces station and you should remind this all week long and I'll remind it Friday when I'm back on. But right. the Aces play their home opener Saturday at 4. If the Golden Knights and Stars play a game 5, it is at 5. Ooh. Frank Sinatra will be brutal. Plan ahead, people, if you plan on going to either one of those games because you're going the exact same way, and I, I plan on being at the venue two, three hours before because I'm not dealing with it. So They always have – how early do they start the media food before the hockey games? A couple hours? You got like food? Five hours? Oh, you get nothing? Yeah, no, they get food. I don't know. I don't okay. pay – I mean, I go, but yeah. I guess two and a half hours before puck drop. They ever have a pizza? No. Okay. Is this a real story? I mean, I assume it is. I was like, when Ari looks, when we're addressing one of his stories, he's like, I have no idea what's going on on the show. I wasn't listening. Both you and Ari sent over stories mm-hmm. about a pizza that was $96 at EDC. There was video to back this up. Yeah. Really? Yes. yes. Ah. Someone did a whole, Ironic. A whole, a whole <laughs> review of it on the article that I sent over. It's a whole review, and a, I mean, the whole thing on... Um, Those are gold flakes? Yeah. Oh, wait. So there was sound on this and no one alerted the vast sound crew to pull it? It was more of a just a pan, like a yeah. the camera. But a whole piece of cost. Wait, wait. I just see a sushi platter for $100. Yes. Is this real? Yes. This is not real. Pizza up to $96. Street taco platter, $70. Sushi platter with only six rolls. <laughs> wow, there's sound there. Now, here's the thing about the sushi thing for six rolls. Here's the thing. 
Six rolls doesn't mean six pieces. It means six rolls. So if you go to an all-you-can-eat sushi joint and you go right. and you get so six. 16 bucks a piece? Okay. So, so what is that? 100 divided by six is what? What's going on here? I just did it. I'm sorry. Six by nine, six, you know, 96 well, by I got to check your math sometimes. 16 bucks. It's, no, 16, I'm, I'm 60, it's 1667, actually. My bad. Okay. The, the relative, <laughs> the price is, why do you keep looking at Ari for backup? I'm what's just it, waiting for it? him to fire the sound. Oh, fire no, it. Yeah. I, I missed this one, but actually, watch this. Yeah. Just keep talking. Oh, watch this. Oh, he's going to do it. <laughs> I'm watching. I think he can do it. So I watch oh, or listen boy. for There's it. There's a lot of live cursing. Live radio, everyone. Yeah, live radio. Oh, yeah. We, like we used to do. Mm-hmm. We go mm-hmm. click, click, click. Mm-hmm. Where's Francesca? Should I hit the Francesca? Yeah. Where's Francesca humming? Right. Should we just take a break so we can get the to ridiculous it? food prices at EDC? I think that's it. Oh, so, so we're gonna talk over the Tiesto. Is that what we're doing? Anyway. Well, so so in reality, the six rolls for a hundred bucks isn't. That's not actually that bad because the average price that I see for these extravagant rolls are what fourteen, fifteen dollars. That's why you get the all you can eat. But ninety six dollars for a pizza? Well, there's got to be six pizzas. By the same, it logic. says a whole pizza costs up to ninety six dollars. One pizza. Well, no. Do you think I don't care you, how you, big that? No. Thing is, do you think they're matter. doing twelve dollar slices and then because they don't offer a pie, so sort of like eight slices, twelve bucks? Do the math, guy. Ninety six. Yep. I'm not paying 96 bucks for a pizza. You might not have to. Are you going to eat a whole pizza by yourself? I, Two slices for 24 bucks. It's pretty me, solid. Excuse me, but the place that I go to up on <laughs> my solid. side of town, I, I, I ate a whole pizza not too long ago. Right. He well, had rotisserie three chicken the other day. He ate one. He, I just ate one real quick and then put the other one away. So, yeah, I think you'd devour a whole pizza, right? Yeah, I can eat a whole pizza. Pizza, pe- first of all, offended. pizza and donuts are the two things in life where, number one, you don't have to be hungry, and number two, you can sit there and gorge. There's no such thing as getting full. Sorry, I don't believe donut? in that. Someone's like, hey, you want a slice of pizza? I'm not hungry. Hungry for pizza? Eat the pizza. <laughs> hey, you want a donut? I'm not hungry. That's ridiculous. When wow. do you have to be hungry to eat a donut? Oh, we've never seen that go down with the donuts here at Lotus Broadcasting. <laughs> oh. you, bring, you bring in a dozen donuts. There's no one here is being yeah, forced. Lucy, Lucy, Eat the donut! Lucy sending out the email. Hey, there's donuts mm. in the break room. Gone. The Steve Sears Summer Tour is set to return this Wednesday. Cofield and Company will be live at Ellis Island Casino Hotel and Brewery from 3 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Las Vegas. <laughs> You're listening to Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Sportsnet Canada, John Bartlett on the call is uh, Marshy from Barbie. Ikey, Jackie was involved on that heavily. Ikes. Gets it, gets it to overtime. That was desperation time. It was getting close. It was getting close to the goalie being pulled. Mm-hmm. So we were just talking about attendance at BGK games at the beginning of the games and EDC in town. And I'll tell you what event had everyone in the seats. I'm just going to make this up because I know they did really well. But mm-hmm. at LV Ballpark, they had something called the Savannah Bananas in town. Yeah. Entertaining. They're a big hit on social media. I've seen them on TikTok a bunch of times. I usually scroll right past it because I have no interest. 
but apparently they're they're a big hit because they came into town and it looks like they sold out both Friday and Saturday. The uh, the SO got a late call. I think I mentioned it on the show. She actually I I was uh, mentioning a dinner and some drinks for her, and she used the excuse I got to get up early. This is on Friday, like about two o'clock, uh, around two thirty. She's like, "Change of plans. I'm going to see the Savannah Bananas." I'm like, "All right, I guess I'm not going." They're kind of like, do you remember uh, the king in his court? Uh, yes, but That's, I don't know if they're like that. But I get the point. What are you talking about? It, I it, think they're, I think they're very globetrotters like. Glo- well, I was going to say that yeah. next, but I started yeah. with the softball group, the king in his court, and then the definitely like the the Harlem Globetrotters, but for baseball. She had the time of her life. Yeah, she came back with like so much swag. Yes, I'm cheap. I'm like, oh god, here we go. I'm like that foam banana that you bought is going to last about the foam hand with the yeah. banana on it. Yeah, yeah, that'll last about a week. For the sure. cats attack that freaking thing, right? So gotta hide that one. Um, but the shocker of all shockers is she comes back. She's like, "We gotta go tomorrow." So I'm like, "All right, let me start texting some people." No answers. No answers from people I feel that are juiced in. So then I'm like, "Crap! All right, it's her and a couple that she wanted to bring." So I'm like, yeah, "Let me look up the tickets." Uh, general admission uh, Saturday, 10 a.m. Four tickets to go see the Savannah Bananas. Four tickets, six hundred bucks. Yes. Yeah. I listen. My guess, man- guess who hit the X and see ya. Not I don't mean like an ex girlfriend. I meant like the, yeah, X'd out of it. Yep, X'd out of My, it. Like, uh, sorry, not doing six oh four for the uh, bananas. But apparently they must be awesome because people had a great time. My manicurist asked me two and a half months ago. Oh really? Hey, do, do you have any con? I should have asked you. Do you have any connections? Oh, please tell me someone came through for I you. Re- I reached out to Don Logan. Yeah. You know what he said? It's the most impossible ticket in take. He goes, Willie, I can't. He answered you? Yeah, well, I talked with Donnie Logan. Okay, good. good. But well, he, I reached he, out to someone with the aviators. I got nothing back. He was like, Willie. Well, it took time. It was when I ran into him. Got nothing back. It was when I ran into him. No text. Him. Thanks. <laughs> it, no you know, text. As a matter of fact, I think it was when we did our show out there. So we need but, to, but now we need to. Put I've this. gotten reviews back. It was from two different parties that went, including yeah. the manicures, because she ran into tickets, and somebody else said it was on be quite a show. Who will jump on this narrative? I'm assuming either Acres or Snell, right? Because this is their world. Who will jump on the narrative to be the first one to go? The Savannah Bananas outdraw the A's. <laughs> I mean, it's so easy, right? I could have done it yesterday. I think and you glommed onto that social media attention. Yes, but don't need it. Don't need it. But yes, the Savannah Bananas outdrew the A's and have outdrawn them consistently with their nine thousand, ten thousand at the ballpark. And there's a reason why we give. I, I can't. I was going to do this every day, but it's just it's so morbid. The A's lost all three games this weekend to the Astros. I will say a positive. They only lost by a combined 10 to 3. Where's the music? That's pretty good. Yep. Where's the shield drums? Nice. It's unreal, right? Um, Where's the vast sound? I know. I know. Jesus. They are now 10 and 38. They're on a pace to go 34 and 128. They've won just four games in May. They're 4 and 15. They've lost 11 of 13 overall. It's a friggin' nightmare. And then today, they open a four game series against a Seattle team that needs to get going tonight. I mean, I like Luis Castillo, the pitcher for Seattle, but minus 335? I like the under in this game. You know why? Seattle's coming off like this East Coast trip. They're coming all the way back. The A's are garbage. Just play this one under. Cofield and Company will be right back. Keep it here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM. 
You're very frustrated with me today. Very I'm frustrated. Not, you yelled at me in the middle of the show for I'm saying gonna, that Tom Brady owning the Raiders is just hell on earth. I'm going to I'm just getting that, a that kick out happen. of you today. I'm very entertaining. You it's Monday and you are everywhere. You I, are scattered. I, I, I bragged about winning a pool basketball yesterday on the road. Destruction. You gave me no credit there. You basically looked at Ari and you're like, "Let's move on." You won at pool basketball, and you, Very you, you ruined the guy's cleaner, pool cleaner, you said. No, I kicked it. Kick. I kicked the pop-ups. It didn't break it. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, if I get a text later, hey, did you kick my <laughs> one of my pop-ups? It's broken. Like, no, no, I don't even know what you're talking like, about. Like, I heard you talking about it on the radio. All right, let's get to some hockey. Ryan S. Clark has been in Vegas from ESPN.com covering this series, and a lot to get into with the series. How are you, sir? Good. How are you two gentlemen doing, I guess? Are we still afternoon, evening? Like, it's always kind of that weird 5.30-ish. Is it afternoon or evening? And I'm going to stop talking now. Yeah, I'm going to say it's evening because then, uh, you know, Willie kind of shuts it down. He gets up at like 3 a.m., so he'll be asleep by 6.30. Um, how was your travel back? Uh, by the way, did you go back to Seattle? You were leaving Vegas. Is that where you went back to? Yes, Seattle. Okay. Yes. God, that's a flight. Ryan has become part oh. of the media family in Vegas. He's oh, he so has? well, he's so comfortable that his second run through, Steve, uh, like he he sweated me, and I was like, "Dude, you're a guest media. All of a sudden, you think you could just sweat me?" He's like, yes. "I'm exactly what yeah, I can." He's do. part of the show now. Yeah, I yeah. love that. Yeah, what were you sweat? What were you getting sweated about? I can't remember what it was it that you were talking smack about Ryan, and I was like, "Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa." So someone decided to wear a pair of blue alligator shoes. Oh, that's what and, it was. That's what it was. And like usually seeing someone wearing gators, you're like, Ooh, whatever. But to see them be blue gators, that's I it. looked at them and I'd ask, like, so did you have to kill an alligator and pop a snurf to get those? Ah, like, yeah. I was like, whoa, 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 guest media, and you're up here talking smoke. He's like, that's exactly what I'm doing. I'm part of the – so, yeah, once you once you become part of the, the playoff media and you're in all the time, Ryan's Ryan's up there rubbing elbows. He's talking. Everybody knows him and loves him. You know who he's kind of like he reminds me of? It's like the first year when Arash was at every game. Ryan's kind of like he's just part of the family. It's like if Ryan's not at a, the next home game, something's up. Like, where's Ryan? What the heck happened? So, Ryan, let's talk Golden Knights. Let's talk stars. First of all – uh, Jonathan Marchessault said, this year we have the best team we've ever had. No, not just on paper, but the way we play. Is he right? Looking like it could be that way, just because when you look at what the strengths of this team are, and there are quite a few to first two, as we've talked about a lot, it is the depth that you think about just their center situation alone. You've got Jack Eichel, who's the number one center in this league. Chandler Stevenson, who's developed into being one of the strongest number two centers in the league. William Carlson, in a lot of places, would be a number two center, and he's a number three center here. And then all of them each have six goals in, in the postseason. And then, as Bruce Cassidy pointed out, too, like, usually you have Nicholas Wan that spot, but of course, you moved him to the wing. You've seen a change down, you know, what you see on the fourth line there. And even then, there is still depth with, with, with what you're getting there, too. Um, and so, look, the thing is this this is a team that, between what it can do at board, and what you do on the back end is going into the series. Kagan Whitecloud, that was the most deep pair in five on five minutes. And that's the third pairing. In between all those different things, the goalies that you name it, like, it, it could be the best night team they've had just because there's so many different ways they can be. It is, and there's a lot of depth, and, and you can roll four lines, as they say. Um, the pairings are there, and I think they had that in the first year. I think here's the difference that people are waiting on. First of all, they're waiting on the Stanley Cup win, and also I think the, that if you ask some outsiders, you ask fans, the one hesitation is going to be obvious. 
in that Marc-Andre Fleury was a fan favorite. Aiden Hills, you know, the way that he showed up in Vegas and how they acquired him and the, the goaltender rotation. I, I'm just wondering, do they need to win the Stanley Cup in order for that thought process to be in place? It's hard to say just because when you look, when you look at a player like Marc-Andre Fleury, what he meant to that city, what he still needs to that city, there's going to be an emotional tie-up for some people. It's unbreakable no matter what happens. But what we've seen at the school is a rotation. And it's getting a couple items. The first being you're finding success no matter who you have in that, whether that be Aiden Hill, the one for soft, um, Logan Thompson, Jonathan Quick, if you heard the chair, whoever the, 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 it might be, like, they found success. But here's the other thing, as much as we talk about Flurry, goals like Marc-Andre Flurry, especially when he was in his prime, they're few and far between in today's NHL. Unless you are one of those teams that has a Connor Halbuck, a Jake Ottinger, someone who is built to play and start between 55 and 65 games a season, teams are going in payments. Now, yes, what the Golden Knights have is a little bit beyond the payment. It's more of a routine than anything. But at the same time, it still falls within the parameters of what we've seen work in this league, which is having multiple options. And as we've seen with the Golden Knights, having multiple options does not only help them weather injuries, but once again, we're speaking with Ryan S. Clark, ESPN.com. He has been here in Vegas covering the uh, Golden Knights series with, well, he's been on it, on spot on with, you were here for the Edmonton series too, right? Or Yeah. You were yeah, here for, for yeah. both. But you are based in Seattle, so I got to ask you, since um, the Kraken were eliminated by Dallas, the way that Vegas won yesterday's game, did that break Dallas's back, or is is it is it unfair to say that Vegas it's it's their series now to lose? I mean, because I personally think that that's what took place yesterday could have broken Dallas's back, but you've seen more of them than I have. It's fairly true to say for again just a few reasons, but all these things are nuanced. But- with Dallas yesterday just being in that dressing room, usually you can kind of get a gauge from when a team knows they're really up against it and it's going to be difficult. And it's not saying that Dallas did not difficulty, but there is very much a matter-of-fact approach to them where it's like, look, yes, there are mistakes that were made, but if you hear what Pete DeBoer and others said, they still felt they looked better and clearer in Game 2 than they did in, in Game 1. And there's an argument to be had there about that when you look at the amount of scoring changes that they didn't give up, especially in those first two periods where they were really controlling the puck now in the third. Yes, Vegas goes on a run and has a shot of around 64%, and they have, like, 12 shots in that period. And that had been as many as they had in the first two periods to bite around that mark. So, yes, that third period was different. But here's the thing with the Dallas Stars. At this point, it's really about how do you continue to find ways to get pucks on that? We've seen what happens in the series when they've done that. We've seen what happens in the postseason when they do that. And now it's a matter of how do you start getting us contributions from other people because, look, last round, they were getting contributions from everyone but Jason Robertson. This round, what you're seeing is contributions from him. Now it's a matter of, can you start getting those goals from players like Jamie Hinn, like Joel Hlodowski, what we've seen from Rope Hinn to someone who's in the conversation for the cons might like Johnson with a 20-goal score in the regular season as a rookie. Backstone and Yevgeny Dadnoff, these are players that you bring in around the deadline, supplement what you have, and they make differences. Right now, if you're the Dallas Stars, you're keeping these games close, and that's without those players getting production. So if you're them, imagine what you could do if you could get that sort of production. Who's to say you don't win a game? And who's to say you don't come back to Vegas? Possibly level up this series with 2 2. 
Once again, Ryan S. Clark, ESPN.com, joining us, Cofield & Company, ESPN Las Vegas. All right, so Eastern Conference, it's scoreless with about five left in the first period. Last question for you, Ryan. Of the Final Four, which team, in your eyes, as of right now, looks like the team to beat for the Stanley Cup? Right now, it would be two. One of them would be the Golden Knights for all the reasons we mentioned, but the other would be the Florida Panthers for a bunch of different reasons as well. Sergei Bobrovsky, the way he's played, it, it's kind of funny. If you think about how this postseason started out, I was the one stepping up and there are questions about how this would work. And here we are now, and when you look at some of the odds makers in Vegas, Sergei Bobrovsky, Matthew Chuck, and Jack Packer were the three favorites to win the con Smite, and Bobrovsky and, uh, and Kachuk, they, they were tied for the strongest odds against the day at, at, at 4-1. to one. And so, look, there's something to be said for that. There's something to be said for what Matthew Kachuk has done. What we saw Alexander Barkov doing game two with that move at the next front that just made everyone drop their jobs. And not only that, but the Panthers have shown they can play in every situation, whether they're up in a series, down in a series, tied in a series, whatever. They're capable of doing everything. So right now it looks like it would be those two, but everything in this playoffs just when you begin something figured out, something else will come present itself and maybe you have to rethink the calculus. Ryan, I appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on. Hopefully I will see you if it's not Saturday because I won't be a game five, but in the Stanley Cup final. Thanks, my friend. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. There is hockey expert Ryan S. Clark. Follow him up on Twitter at Ryan S. Clark. Story uh, that he posted, you know, along the lines of what one of our themes has been today with Chandler Stevenson uh, inside Chandler Stevenson's rise to start and with the Golden Knights. The Vegas Center certainly isn't the glitziest player on the strip, but his steady presence has been a perfect fit since his arrival. Giveaway time right now, 364-1100, 364-1100. Caller number seven, you can go check out some LPGA golf with a match play tournament, the Bank of Hope match play tournament in town presented by MGM Rewards. It's going to be over at Shadow Creek. May 24th through the 28th. You can get your tickets at AXS.com, but we've got a pair of tickets right now. Ari does, 364-1100-364-1100. Caller number seven. The Steve Sears Summer Tour is set to return this Wednesday. Cofield and Company will be live at Ellis Island Casino Hotel and Brewery from 3 to 6 p.m. on ESPN Las Vegas. Stick your hand in there, Conference, Dave. Eastern Conference, scoreless, Carolina and Florida. End of the first period. Yep. Carolina's got to get some life here. Got to keep the series going. Let's go. Florida had the momentum going into the locker room. I mean, they really put the pressure on uh, Frederick Anderson, and Bobrovsky's had some tremendous saves. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Great spot tomorrow to watch the Western Conference playoffs. Hell, go there back-to-back days. Front yard, Ellis Island. We're going to be there on Wednesday, beginning of the Steve Sear summer tour. Brittany Palmer, former USC Octagon girl, will be with us. They got the brewery right there, so uh, Steve said, come down, buy an entree. He'll get you a beer. We'll be there from 3 to 6. A ton of good guests, good Wednesday show, but good spot tomorrow to go watch the Golden Knights as well on a Tuesday. The front yard is spectacular, so go check it out. Scout the spot the day before you come to see us. Go both days. Uh, Ellis Island Casino uh, Hotel and Brewery, which uh, is going to be a very interesting spot, and we're going to talk about this a lot on Wednesday. Very interesting spot during the weeks of F1 in town. But this Wednesday, we're out there, Ellis Island with Cofield and company. Stick your hand in there, Dave. I feel like you're not getting something I'm talking about. 
No. Are you going to get it or not? Tom Brady buying a part of the Raiders is a big story. Raider Nation is very mad. Okay. Raider Nation is very mad. Now, the reaction to this from JT the Brick here at LV Sports Network is Mm -hmm. unfolding right now over on Sirius XM. So I haven't seen him say if he hates it or he likes it. My guess is that he's okay with it. But others on a thread, it's got a couple of responses here because JT said I'm all over this with Tom Brady buying into the Raiders. Uh, Brandon said more winners on the team and managing the team, the better. It's just win, baby. Not just win, but only with the players I like. No, it, it kind of is just win, baby. Yeah, with enemies of the organization not invited. I don't understand. The show's not getting this. This is Armageddon. It's not. It's TB12. It's, it's one thing to let them buy into the ladies' basketball team. The Aces are a good investment. You don't get to put your freaking grubby little grubby paws. little deflating hands. He's probably uh-huh. got big mitts, but you know. So the, the you don't the, get to put him on the Raiders. You, I, you see, th- what this show has been all about since the beginning, Steve, is you are getting a lot out. Like I told you at the beginning, do you want to get on the couch? You went on this Tom Brady rant, and then all of a sudden, just now, you said, "Get your grubby little deflating hands." Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, so there's a lot mm-hmm. of you're getting a lot out. Mm-hmm. I may charge you for this session because you're really, you know, the SO owes me one because you're going to go home in a great mood because you've released a lot of frustration today. Uh, You've gotten a lot out. Game one of the Raiders season. Look around. First of all, go down to the field if you can. Feel up the footballs. Make sure they're up to snuff because I'm sure Brady will want them a little deflated. Whatever Jimmy G wants. One of the first Uh, things we heard was. Then definitely look, look up. Oh, boy. Look up around the stadium for camera placement. Uh, if in week one, I hope the opposition is ready. Make sure there's no cameras set up illegally. There's, there's, it's, if, if Spy it's game. game one. It's got game, a history. You're allowed to have TVs. It, it, the, the, the big thing, see, now the anger is coming out. Mm-hmm. This would be during joint practices that you'd have to look for the cameras. Not during game one. Game one, there's going to be cameras you're right. everywhere. You're right. He'll get an early start. Yeah. Uh, Tony said, personally, I don't think Al Davis would like it. He says, Mark has such a crush on Brady. It's kind of weird. LOL. Wow. I don't know. I don't, I mean, I don't have a problem with it. ETF Godfather said, the only logical thought is if Davis was better at managing money, he would not need to be selling a significant stake in the team. What is he? I, I believe in that. Is he selling? Do we know? Is this, well, he's, I, I mean, I was getting worked up. It's not significant, is it? I thought it was like a... I don't know about you know, sell, he's not like selling a little stake. One, he's just a, a little he's half a, percent stake yeah, in the team. Yeah, Brady's not buying like thirty percent of the team, is he? No, I, I doubt it is that much. But he's McDaniel's he, is he's making he's got a lifetime his, deal now. He's with making Brady his mark in Las Vegas. That's for sure. First the Aces, now the Raiders. The next thing will be. Well, I'm not even going to say it. Um, big news. Get back in the bag, please. Stick your hand in there, Dave. There may be more anger over this one. I never understand. Number changes upsetting fans, but Josh Jacobs apparently is changing his number. He is. And here's the thing. Earlier, you had an issue with Derek Carr's number four going away. Aiden, I, Aiden O'Connell already has 
the number four yes. that Derek Carr – I mean, we couldn't even get through a summer without someone grabbing his number? I have a problem with Josh Jacobs getting number eight. Ray Guy's number should be retired. Hmm. That's a good point. I actually had the list of all-time number eights. Well, Ray Guy I – mean, Ray Guy just passed away. Yeah, that's that's that number should have been retired for Ray Guy, the memory of Ray Guy. But, uh, hey, that's the number he wore at Alabama, correct, Josh Jacobs? So – Maybe he wants a little change, a little something. He's dropping the two off the jersey. I haven't seen a ton of people mad about that it's Ray Guy's number. I've actually seen more people upset that eight is not a proper running back number, which I to get worked up about that seems weird to me. That yeah, that's let's relax yeah. on that. That's that's, that's the, the the whole placement of where a number goes and who which position it goes with is kind of silly. It's not been a popular number over the years. Do you know all the number eights? Can you take a guess? For the Raiders? Multiple quarterbacks. A lot of quarterbacks. Mariota. Oh, good one. Okay. Who else? That's all I know. Okay. Jason was Campbell. Ja- was Jamarcus Russell eight? Jason Campbell. Okay. Jason Campbell. We've had him on. Friend of the show. Dante Culpepper. Oh, yeah. Okay. Matt Schaub. Oh, you're going outside the Raiders. I said with the Raiders. Oh, these, are the yes. no- these are the Raiders. Oh, okay. These are Raider number eights. Okay. Yeah. And uh, one of my favorite players was uh, Marcus Tuiasasopo. Yeah, yeah. Also a number eight. Mm-hmm. A lot of quarterbacks. Carlson had number eight for about a year. Mm-hmm. You said Ray Guy. Yeah. And uh, one last quarterback that we can forget, Connor Cook, had number eight as well. Obviously, I did forget. I I like running backs wearing single digit numbers. You do. Yeah, I think it's I think it's deceiving. Like that whole discussion we had in the middle of the show, mm-hmm. where Kelsey Plum was worked up about. Candace Parker wearing black sneakers with white socks. Yeah. I think there's something about a look to someone where you can throw them off. So when Josh Jacobs walks out on the field and he's got number eight, he's going to mentally just screw with people and they're like, they're he's, gonna double he, he's little. Yeah. He wears number eight, he's little. They're going to have to double check. He's a quarterback! They won't know. They won't know who Josh Jacobs is. They won't know. Is that what he's doing? They're he's not going to know. He's who like, he they is. know number twenty-eight. I'm tired of getting tackled. They're not going to. These are professional millionaires who've watched game film all week, scouting Josh Jacobs. They're not going to know that that's number eight. You're right. Stick your hand in there, Dave. You're very frustrated. Uh, power slap this week. You're power covering slap. it. I'm going. Okay. Second event. Second event at the Apex. I'll be there. All right. Me and D Dub. Did you clear this with Adam Hill? Uh, don't need to. You know why? I, every uh, t- that, you don't have to explain any further. Every, don't need to. <laughs> every time That's I look it. at the left-hand corner of a paycheck, Adam Hill's not, name is not on my paycheck. Good so. answer. Stick your hand in there, Dave. Are you making enough money to be this frivolent with your food? I didn't bring uh, – I, man, I so wanted to have a nice vanilla pudding. I have pudding in my outside fridge. I'll – have some of that every once in a while. Today's National Pudding Day, and then National you send over vanilla pudding. Vanilla pudding day. You send over a note, and you're like, "Not for me. I'll make my own pudding." I do. Who pudding. makes their own pudding? I do. I make my own pudding. Get out of here. Really? Yes. I you're making your own pudding. Plain Greek yogurt. I put it in a bowl. A scoop of my favorite flavored protein powder, and like then pudding. I whip it all together, and it turns into protein powder. Protein this, pudding. This reminds me of McKinnell back in the day. Remember, I make my own roux. Remember that? Well, that's different. Not really. You make your own roux. Listen. Who makes their own pudding? I do. Protein right. pudding. 
Plain Greek yogurt with your favorite flavored protein powder. Whip it all together. You have a healthier version of pudding. End of story. I bought warm pudding two months ago sitting on the floor of a a grocery store. It's been in my fridge. It's still fine. Okay. That's pudding. Are you a tap? That's pudding that can survive a natural disaster? That...